This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Molly. Since we're talking about dreams today, and by dreams I do mean uh, the things that you think about in uh, fantasy land when you sleep. Sleepy time. Sleepy time. Sleepy time movies. As opposed to dreams. Hopes and goals. Hopes, goals, aspirations. Fulfilled and unfulfilled. Yeah, we're talking about dreams, the night, the stuff going on at night. The things Mr. Sandman brings you. Yes. And so Molly and I were figuring out what, how we wanted to start this off. And we were going to talk about some recent dreams we had had, but then quickly remembered that talking about your dreams is perhaps one of the worst conversation topics you can choose. Wouldn't you agree, Molly? I do think that it's very hard to listen to another person's dreams. I mean, our own dreams are endlessly fascinating to us. Um, And, you know, I I do feel kind of bad because Kristen did ask me earlier today what I dreamt about last night and getting ready for this podcast. And I went off on a little tangent. Well, I was genuinely curious. But now, remembering that people just don't like hearing dream talk, I feel feel a little shamed. Yeah, maybe you could write about it on on Facebook. I know. Share it there. That'll be the quickest way to get you to to unfriend me, I bet. Yeah, that's true. So instead of talking about our own dreams, why don't we talk about other people's dreams? Because the question of whether men and women dream differently, in a nutshell, we can say yes. Yes, and it's it's pretty interesting. There have been a lot of surveys and studies in which researchers hand out dream journals and tell the men and women to go out into the world and dream and bring back what they dream about. And based on all these studies, you can draw very clear lines between stereotypically male dreams and female dreams. Mm -hmm. Three main dream themes that come up a lot more often for men than women are things like finding money, killing someone, and having sex. Yes, I think if you can um, put male dreams into a nutshell, it's sex and violence. Yeah. Men, yeah, want to kill kill someone and then go have sex with, have someone, sex with someone that they don't know. Yeah, and uh, and be wildly rich while doing all of this. Whereas women have a lot more stressful dreams. We dream about things like losing our teeth, mm-hmm. uh, going to school, and having to take a test, and also wardrobe malfunctions and our loved ones. And you know, aggression. We just talked about how men's dreams are so violent. 
And there's usually, you know, a physical punch. And if women dream about aggression, it's more like a bully. Mm-hmm. Someone saying something to them. It's all verbal aggression and, uh, and words that hurt. Yeah. So, of course, that sounds like a giant gender stereotype taking place in our nocturnal psyches where women are emotional and, and stressing over human relationships and how they're presented to the world and what they're wearing, whereas men are just driven to kill and have sex. Well, that's when we've got to get into, Kristen, the question of why do we dream? And there are a few theories we can throw out. Some people think that uh, we solve problems in our dreams. So if, if men and women are confronted on a daily basis with these types of problems, then that would make sense that that's what we go home and dream about. And another theory is that we practice for life in our dreams. Um, so, you know, maybe we work out these problems in our dreams. So the next day when we're confronted with them, we know how to deal. For example, if you always have that dream where you're studying for a test, maybe you do have something coming up in the workplace, for example, that's equivalent to that. And you work out the stress in your dream and you're ready for it in real life. Well, speaking of the workplace, um, that's one dream theme that might lend some credence to the, the idea that dreams reflect issues that are going on in your personal life. For instance, there was a study from the University of Ottawa that analyzed the dreams of 96 adults. So this is a pretty small uh, study sample, but women showed a huge increase in dreaming about the workplace Mm -hmm. and issues related to the workplace and finances and things like that. And their idea was that since women are have over the past 50 years really gotten out of the home and gotten more on par with men in terms of the working world and all of that, that they are naturally dreaming about those kind of issues even more. And there's also been a closing of the gender gap in terms of our sexy dreams, <laughs> because there was a study on typical dreams in terms of those themes that pop up a lot across cultures and that are shared across genders, such as dreams about falling or going to school or uh, being chased. And sex comes up a lot because both men and women do have sex dreams at some point. But back in the day, when they first started looking at this in uh, the 1950s and 60s, men reported sex dreams far more often than women did. For instance, in 1958, that gap was 92.5% for men and only 36.2% for women. But then when they went back in 2003, and looked at the frequency of men versus women reporting sex dreams, it closed to 85% of men and 73% of women. But that might not necessarily mean that women are dreaming about sex more, but we might just be more comfortable saying to some researcher we don't know, yeah, I dreamed about having an intimate moment with a certain person. Or conversely, the men may feel less comfortable saying... I had all this anonymous sex in my dreams. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're reporting it less. Now, the sex dreams still do have a divide in that men are more likely to dream about women they don't know, men or women that they don't know. They're and multiple. And multiple partners mm-hmm. at the same time. In their sex dreams, the men rarely have to make the first move. The women just sort of drape themselves on, on them, on them. But women are more likely to see a current or former partner in yes. their sex dream. About 20% of their sex dreams. And uh, they're more likely to be romantic. In fact, some of the sex dreams that they have usually start with a really long walk 
where you hold hands, you make out. Women only get to like first or second base in their sex dreams, whereas men are just going all the way around the bases multiple times. So there are more patterns of seduction and foreplay in women's dreams compared to men who just have anonymous women approach them and they just get right down to business. They do. That's another gender divide. But I do think it's interesting to see that that gender gap close in terms of reporting of sex dreams. Now, one other thing I found really interesting about dream breakdowns is that women have more nightmares than men. You know, we were talking about how men's dreams are sex and violence. And personally, if I had really violent dreams all the time, I would consider that a nightmare. But the Mm -hmm. men wake up very much unaffected by chasing people and killing them. But women, when they have these dreams, um, not necessarily violent dreams, but any dreams with negative emotion, it affects them far more often. Mm-hmm. In one study where they asked the women what their most memorable dream was, it was, it tended to be a nightmare. It tended to be something awful. So women are having more nightmares and the nightmares are more significant to them than, uh, men. And it might be because some studies indicate that women are slightly better than men at remembering mm-hmm. their dreams. So maybe it's just a little more, those those nightmares become a little more ingrained in our brain. So in the morning, we're, we're actually thinking about it. It's a little bit more potent. And there were three major categories of nightmares that women have, which would be fearful dreams, confused dreams, and dreams of losing a loved one. And a lot of times it seemed like when women would, talk about these dreams, there would be more negative emotion than when men might talk about murdering somebody. Yeah. And, you know, something I did notice reading all of these articles, Kristen, is that, you know, it does sort of tend to fall down into these gender stereotypes of women are more emotional, men are more violent. Um, and, and whenever the researchers would present these conclusions, there was always an opposing researcher ready to pipe up and say, this is interesting, but let's not take it too seriously because right. we don't want uh, sleep to become this really gendered topic. We don't know yet if this has any implications for treating dream patterns or changing dream patterns. And so it was really interesting that despite the fact that sometimes these survey samples are really small, they're kind of scattered, but they do have really consistent conclusions that people are still like, eh, let's wait. But I do think we have to take these differences, these gender differences in dreaming with a grain of salt, because when you consider the entire dreamscape, men and women do cross a lot of the same territory. We tend to have the same numbers of dreams and a lot of overlapping themes, like I mentioned earlier. And there was a study in the Journal of Psychology that came out of Germany that looked at 55 different dream themes, such as, oh, here are a few, being unable to find or embarrassed about using a toilet, uh, your teeth falling out, insects or spiders, being physically attacked, and... With all of these themes, both men and women, it had popped up in both men and women's dreams. And there were many, many, many of the, of the 55, such as falling, arriving too late, um, flying in the air, where men and women dreamed about these types of things at roughly the same amount. But some notable differences would be like the finding money or killing someone. And this, Molly, what I thought was the most interesting difference that stood out to me. Women tended to dream far more than men about being a member of the opposite sex. That is interesting. Yeah. It was a pretty big, a pretty big gap. But like I said, overall, when you look at this chart of 55 themes, 
they're popping up in both of our brains, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, maybe just not with the same frequency. Besides, who even knows if our dreams are really our own? Are we dreaming now? Is this a dream? Is this Am a I dream? Awake? I don't know. So, uh, you know, like, like she said, you gotta take it with a grain of salt. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, in, in terms of 50 years, just thinking about how women are dreaming more about the workplace and more about sex. Maybe in, in 20, 30 years, we'll be having the violent killing people dreams. Well, if you have noticed any market differences between what you dream about and what someone from the opposite sex dreams about, let us know. If you are a guy who constantly dreams about losing his teeth or having wardrobe malfunctions, really want to hear from you, or women who are constantly finding piles and piles of money. That would be fascinating because you, my friends, are breaking gender norms in the dream world, which if there is any real world significance to that, I have no idea, but it'd be nice to hear about. So email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And I have an email here. It's from Jennifer, and it's about the Child Free Podcast. She writes, I'm a 32-year-old teacher and have been married for eight years. Neither of us ever wanted to become parents, an issue we discussed before getting married. The only sticking point for me from the podcast and subsequent listener mail has been the assumption that child-free couples decide not to have children because they would not be good parents. The fact is that my husband and I would be excellent parents. I care for my friend's children, and I enjoy doing it. I even was one of the few people who would agree to care for my friend's triplets, now five years old, when they were infants. My husband and I are loving, nurturing people and would provide a stable and fulfilling home for any child. I can't speak for others, but I know that me being child-free wasn't a decision at all. I never wanted children, so I just never made the decision to become a parent. I thank my lucky stars every day that through birth control, I am able to be married and still prevent pregnancy. I know this is a difficult issue issue to understand for people who are parents. I just don't want anyone thinking that child-free couples are child-free because they are mean, lazy, selfish, or in any other way ill-equipped to be parents. Well, I have an email here from Haley in response to our recent podcast on librarians. And Haley writes, when I was in high school, I worked at my local library as a page. And it was, without a doubt, the best job I ever had. While the librarians I worked with were inclined to wear holiday-themed vests and coordinating earrings, they were a super cool and subversive group of ladies. Guess you can't judge a book by its cover. They were, of course, incredibly well-read and introduced me to some pretty radical literature and ideas. Also, in reference to the sexual harassment in libraries, I believe it. The public library is a great open space for the community, but its warmth and amenities also attract a bit of a seedier element. I was never harassed myself, but saw my share of strange behavior and the leftovers of strange behavior. Let's just say some weird stuff goes on in library bathrooms. Oh, God. That's gross. <laughs> well, again, if you want to send us an email, our address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. We'd love to see you there. And finally, we would also really enjoy it if you would read the words that we write on our blog. It's stuff mom never told you at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Paper Ghosts is a true crime podcast that investigates the search for the person responsible for the abductions of four missing girls in neighboring New England towns. For more than 50 years, each case has remained unsolved. 
Every day is like being lost in limbo. I pray every day that we find Lisa so we can go on. It wasn't until this past year that things took an unexpected turn, a breakthrough. Answers to decades-old questions and witnesses finally ready to talk. I know that that's the person that was there. I can describe what he's wearing. I can smell him a mile away. Jesus, Mary, and Josephine, I hope that's not a grave for many. Oh, you know what? I think it is. Listen to Paper Ghosts on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done, at the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.